Um, okay, so what, what was the other one that I said? I said, I know I said like pitch, uh, oh, like a breakdown, like a real character breakdown for like a, Dan- like listed in the script, Daniel Strauss. Yeah. But it's like, and, and, and I think the instinct here is to go self-deprecating, which you can, but it doesn't have to be. You could have a positive okay. self-image here. Okay. Uh, I would say um, Daniel Strauss, uh, curly hair, thinning at the top, 30s. Uh, Jewish, uh, happy marriage, two kids, um, trying to keep it all together uh, in, in the best way he knows how. Um, slightly neurotic, um, shows a lot of promise, but doesn't always live up to his potential. Uh, and then I would say two scenes, four lines. Oh, that's the writers really, really the, well the writers they, they really flush out all the characters in the script These tools are for you to do. hey i'm dave marr welcome to this is your afterlife conversations with artists and activists about death and life my guest this week you have already heard daniel strauss daniel is one of my very best friends in the world he is an actor a writer, a comedian. He was on the main stage of the Second City for a couple of reviews. He has appeared on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was on a show called There's Johnny, which I believe is still on, I don't know, it's on one of those services, Hulu or, or maybe Peacock or something. But he had a pretty big part on it, and he was great. You can follow him and me at all the links in the show notes. I want to thank my Pigeon Level patrons on Patreon. Fred Fidoa, Susie Carroll, Katie Llewellyn, and Kurt Chang. If you go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr, you can hear the full episode with Daniel, which includes an extended version of the sort of intro prompts, one of which you just heard, and a whole other section where he talks about his kids and, and how it changed his life. So check that out. And if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend and now enjoy the rest of this episode with Daniel Strauss. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like it's mine. What do you hope happens when you die? With the uh, with the people that I'm leaving behind, or just in like the scope of the of the world? Yes. Okay. I mean, I hope that. I guess I hope that the people who uh, who liked me and who got along with me uh, take a second to think about me, and uh, you know maybe they say like, "Oh, that's too bad," and then they, they, maybe they think of like a nice memory that they have of me, um, or one that's not as nice. That's fine too, as long as as long as they're thinking about me. Um, I hope that the people that, that my family is provided for, and that they. Uh, are able they're in a position where they can properly uh, grieve me and then move on and uh and that i've and and that i've uh done enough to make the people who care about me proud to make the people that care about you proud yeah do you think you have to do anything for that to happen well i mean uh yeah, I mean, I, yes, I do. I mean, I think you have to maintain, you know, for example, if tomorrow I said, you know what, I've, I'm, you know, uh, to my wife, you're going to have to raise the kids from here on out. You know, I've decided that I'm 
moving to Nevada and I'm going to gamble away any money that we've ever made. Not, you know, sure. Real, you know, I mean like, I like that I'm able to continue to be the best dad I can be and the best husband I can be and the best son I can be. I mean, I don't anticipate that not happening, but like I, you know, I'm, I guess I just see myself as a guy who's doing his best. Yeah. Try, what what did you say? Tr- has tries to live up to his has a lot of potential. Doesn't always. Live yeah. Up to it. I mean, yeah. That's there's <laughs> there is there is truth in comedy. So uh, you know, hey, trying to give you the real deal here. Uh, some of the greats have said so. Yeah, they said it, but they couldn't keep the doors open. They sure couldn't. So, what about to your like brain and shit to your consciousness to your body like do you imagine oh, what happens to me after? sure yeah. um i don't know that i do uh, you don't know that you have thoughts about it or that you care well no i have thoughts about it but i don't know that i i mean i so i'll i'll preface this by saying that i am a spiritual person and i have a uh a connection with spirituality and with uh with my my judaism but I've been thinking more and more about the way that like before you were here, you were nothing and you didn't know what it was to be something because you didn't exist. And I've actually like started to take a lot more comfort in that idea that maybe when it's over, you're nothing again and it doesn't hurt and it's not scary. It's not anything. You just go from being to not being I think that's kind of right. I mean, it could change, but I think right now that's kind of where my head is at. Is that, that sounds like a change from a previous belief or fear. Yeah. Maybe from like childhood. Um, what was when the I fear say childhood? Then? Well, I, well, I mean, fear of dying. Um, but specifically, was it like, you know, there's a lot of different forms of fear of dying, you know, it's like, I don't want the devil to get me. I generalized, you know, fear of the dark almost. I don't know. Never, never, was never afraid of the devil. Most Jews don't believe in the devil. Right. Um, so it, it never crossed my mind that that would be something I needed to worry about. Uh, it was, I think it was more just a general fear of like not being anymore, uh, of not like, you know, like, I, I mean, let me let me put it this way. I don't I I I don't uh want to pass on anytime soon, but when my time comes, I think I've gotten to a different place with it where I I just feel more more peaceful about it than maybe I I did like through like my 20s, so to speak. What got you to that place with it? I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't Thank know you. when I, I mean, you're really, really good at this. Like really, like, you, have, I, you have a skill. I only say that to you, but I really, literally every time someone says that, I want to say, yeah. I want to really make it about me and say, thank you. And they don't even realize they're saying it, but, and, and I don't often say it, but literally a hundred percent of the time someone says that's a really good yeah. question. I take it as a personal, like huge high praise well it's, it's mostly stalling for time i mean i think mostly when people say that it's like you've asked them something that makes them uncomfortable and they don't want to answer immediately but for me you it know? feels like they're speaking to my specific genius but i think right i understand that but i i'm telling you i don't think that that's what's going on well, i think you, you know need, yeah 
I agree to yeah. disagree. So okay, all right. Take well, a flyer out of here, and uh... well, we don't agree on what that word means, but um, I don't know if I could pinpoint the exact moment where it like turned over. Um, I did this play years ago um, in Chicago, the last days of Judas Iscariot. Oh yeah, and, I saw that. Uh, right? Yes, Stephen Allegurgis play. Yeah, I think you probably saw it. And that was a play that that was a, like a show for me that like really got me thinking more about God and about spirituality and about like the nature of God. I mean, I think Stephen Adley Gurgis is such a wonderful playwright and has such a good understanding of the human condition and just his sort of his like the way that he wrote God, specifically Jesus in um, in the play was just sort of like this like just like a, an all loving entity, just an entity that is only capable of love, like for, for anyone, like he's clear about it. Like, like there's a line toward, he has a whole monologue at the end where he's talking about all the people that he's, you know, that he loves. And like, he mentions like, I think like Donald Rumsfeld and like the hijackers on nine 11 that like, it's like, there's no, that like the love of this deity is just, it, it's just completely unconditional and everyone is allowed to accept it on some level. Um, I had never really thought about God that way. And I guess that then that, that, that you would think that that would then take me to thinking like, Oh, there must be an afterlife and there must be something more. But I think that the track it put me down instead was just sort of a more peaceful, like the other prevalent idea in that play is that like, if you're happy, you're in heaven. And if you're mm-hmm. unhappy, you're in hell and you're putting yourself there. I don't know how much I necessarily agree with that. I think there are outside factors that can contribute to people being yeah. unhappy. Um, but but it was an interesting interesting concept to me when I applied it specifically to to death. Um, so so yeah, I don't know. It just sort of moved me in a more peaceful sort of. I mean. Everybody dies too, right? I mean, well, let's not go that far. I okay, that's kind of one of the, the questions the show is hoping to answer. Jury still out on some of these kinds of questions. So okay, well, that's that's gonna okay. That may change the way I think about it then, because I I guess that was one of the things <laughs> I that I had assumed is true, but maybe I'm. But wait, what life. is the way you said you hadn't thought about God as all loving and all caring? Mm-hmm. How had you thought of God, or had you? Uh, I guess even though I said like, I wasn't worried personally about the devil. Like I still thought of that. There's like, there's like divisions. Like there's like a list for heaven. It's like either you're getting in or, or you're not whatever that means. Um, and that God is sort of, I don't, I don't want to say vengeful. Cause I never really thought of, I guess the God of the Bible, I always thought like, that was like the young version of God. And that as God got better at <laughs> That's doing so God's job, like, God realized like, Oh, I don't need to necessarily like throw a flood in there every few. Although, <laughs> yeah, you know, you kind of make the argument, you know, but, um, <laughs> but, but I guess I, but it was more of like a, like an old Testament sort of a God um, who like, you got to make sure that you go to synagogue and got to make sure you pray. Cause that's there's certain days you're supposed to do it. And that's when God hears you. And that's important. And like, I still, I still do that stuff, but I have a different sort of a, of a connection with it now. I think a better connection with it now because I feel 
that it, that it that basically that that God is not an entity that is sitting in the clouds waiting to judge me. Um, right. That 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 idea is the one that I kind of moved on. From. Well, what's the idea of God if? And I don't think an a a God needs to have an afterlife or vice versa. But what is the idea of God if the afterlife idea is perhaps just nothing? A creator. Creator and a loving entity who who's watches, who's who's there. Um kind of like uh are you familiar with the the watcher from Marvel Comics? No. no. I don't think he's been in any of the movies. Okay. Um, which is a, sh- a shame. I mean, they should put him in some of those movies. They made they made enough of them. They throw the watcher in one of them. You that's know? what I'm saying. Yeah. But who watches the watcher. Who it, that's probably why they haven't put him in. Um he's just he just watches. Like that's it. He just like is like this cosmic being that just watches things happen. And will occasionally like do- doesn't really intervene, but will occasionally like pull people out of what's going on and be like, hey, just so you know, like I was watching this. Okay. <laughs> back, back to earth with you just i'm watching and I'll, by the way i'm watching a few other things over here you should that you should know about i'm not gonna and he doesn't necessarily like tell anybody what to do but he's like he's a, he's a watcher um but is it like a it feels like there's like a threat to that of like a yeah i mean the watcher can is a little more uh there, i mean the watcher doesn't just randomly like pull some random dude out of New York to be like, hey, you know, I've been watching like it's usually superheroes and to, to sort of warn them about something that, that could possibly be happening. So it's not a, it's not a perfect analogy. Um, but like, yeah, just like, like, and I guess I think, I guess, I guess maybe that, you know, if, if you're something and then you're nothing, maybe I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I believe this, but maybe you can be something again. Maybe there's, you know, uh, matter can neither be created nor destroyed, right? So maybe there's some part of you that continues on that that a, an omnipotent being is able to recycle and 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 reuse. I don't know what that looks like, though. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know. I mean, look, for all I know, uh, I'm the only guy, the only real guy on this planet, and everybody else here is just uh, is just just been set up for me to you know, bounce ideas off of for 80 for pilots so 95 in, years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully a few, a few pilots. I mean, <laughs> well, that's interesting. Some, yeah. Cause I ideas. hadn't thought about like the idea of a creator, not implying eternal life. Like if there's something metaphysical, it must also mean that it is eternal, but it totally makes sense when you think about like creative work, right? Like, uh, you write a pilot or like, you know, you put on a, a show of some kind and then there is some magic in the creation of that show. Oh, it's incredible. But the yeah. show doesn't run forever also. Yeah, that's true. But the, but the, but the creation continues to exist. I mean, there's like, there's nothing to me, there's nothing harder than like looking at a blank page and, and and like I think about it all the time, like where once there was nothing, there's now like a story. Like you you pull you pull it out of nothing. It 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 didn't exist before that. You you violently 
bring it into reality. The way that we're born, we're the, it's so violent the way that we're born. Like, and, and the idea of even that sort of creation of creating a, a child, like there was, there was nothing before. Like, I mean, I think about it all the time when I look at my kids, like you were a conversation and now here you are. You look at them and, and you're like, you're nothing. That's not what I think. That's not, no, you, no, you, you didn't let me finish my thought and you said something different than what I think. Okay. I don't think that. Usually I think like you didn't exist and now you're hitting me because I won't give you a cookie. <laughs> like, like this pain wouldn't exist. If, if I, if instead the conversation had been like, you know what, maybe it's not the right time, but, but it does exist, you know, or, or, you know, this, this hug that I'm getting, or, you know, this cuddle that I'm getting, I wouldn't be getting it. You know, that's the nicer way to, of saying the thing I said before. What about funeral planning? Do you have any thoughts about how you'd like it to be or definitely not be. This is, this is hard. You know, I, I, you know, cause I listen to your show and a lot of people have like really good creative answers for this. I don't think about this very Can we much. just back up to the part where you listen to my show? I love it. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate yeah. it. Oh yeah. It's great to listen to. And it's great. I, I saw, you know, I, I saw it on the podcast app and I downloaded, it. I subscribed to the show. I left mm-hmm. a review, rate, review, subscribe. And, <laughs> and I love to listen to the show. Well, okay. So I know what you're talking about, about people having creative ideas. Although who was it? It was talking to, I don't know if you heard the episode with Sky Kubaku and they were there like this, like clothing designer and, they actually had a really creative um, celebration of life when their dad died. And Mm. everyone talks about not wanting their funeral to just be sad. But if you don't have really specific ideas of how you want it to go, it probably will just default to typical funeral. So that was that was intriguing to me. I actually think I'm kind of okay with like pretty sad funeral, but I don't know. But you, you were you were gonna say that you feel what you're gonna compare yourself in some way and feel like you don't measure up or something. Well, I just I mean I think that's kind of how I feel. I'm kind of okay with typical funeral. Okay, you know I don't like I I I think have a rabbi. Um, you know, a couple people can say stuff if they want to and say some prayers and uh, then everybody can, you know, eat a bunch afterward. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I don't, it's hard, man. I just don't think about it that much. And I guess that that's probably just like a cultural thing because culturally we don't really talk about this stuff very much and we're not necessarily encouraged to think about it. Um, right. But like. What about the I, prayers know? though? Are there, is is there a menu, are there set individual prayers or is there a menu of prayers that you pick from? And if so, what are the prayers that you would pick? Oh man, I'd have to look at the menu. But there is a, a there is a menu. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they'll get, I mean, there's certain ones that you're supposed to say. I think most Jewish funerals, you'll say the, um, uh, what is it? The, the Lord's prayer. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That okay, one. okay. You say that one at most of them. Um, 
That's not the Christian Lord's Prayer, but I know what you're talking about. No, yeah, it's, it's like Psalm 23. Lord. It's something like, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um. So that you know that would be fine, and um, you know, I'll be, be honest with you, I'm like less concerned about the prayers and more like uh, have some people say some nice things about me. I'd like, I'd like that. Maybe like three or four people to speak short speeches, not long. Cause we're probably outside and you know, the, I don't think I'm going to be buried in Hollywood. So it's probably cold out. So, um, you don't plan to die in the summer. Oh, I guess that could happen too. No, probably not. <laughs> no, probably like January or February <laughs> would be my guess. If I had to guess. Who are the people? Are they other, are there people other than family that you could imagine speaking? No. Okay. No, only family. And outside just cuz you'd be at a grave or The gravesite. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess part of it they do inside. I'm thinking of the gravesite part, but there's there is part of it that they do. Well, I guess it depends. Sometimes they'll do it all outside. Sometimes yeah. they do some inside, some outside. Whatever whatever is convenient. Yeah. Okay. Are there specific foods, songs you imagine having? Songs? Like a song that they could play at it that would be nice. Um, I don't know. Maybe like, uh, uh, maybe like, like true love will find you in the end by Daniel Johnston. That's a nice song. Um, it's a little like, I guess it's a little morbid, but that's probably okay. Sure. Cause it, cause it's a few, I just think that's a sweet song. Like it doesn't necessarily like, it's one of those things where like the song doesn't necessarily perfectly fit the moment, but it's a really nice song. Yeah. It's, uh, it's and really, you don't want it to be too on the nose. Right. Exactly. You know, like, Oh, this Jewish guy, he died, you know, like, well, just, that's a pretty, you know, very specific one. That'd be right. That's what I don't want. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Jewish guy. That's what I wouldn't want. Like, I'd like just like some like nice, uh, yeah, just like some nice sort of something, something like folky like that would be good. Um, Can you tell me what the deal is with sitting Shiva? Not that I'm asking you to like represent a whole culture or whatever, but does it happen with every death? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and it's like a period of weeks or days or what is it? know how long it is because i've never sat shiva myself but it's i think it's like a couple weeks and yeah people bring you food and they can just like check up on you and like um make sure you're doing okay and you're just like available and who who does it who sits shiva when someone dies like if it's a husband and the wife or vice versa um but not just like a friend no it wouldn't be a friend no it would have a parent yeah, parents, parents, if, yeah, if a parent lost a child, then yeah, parent. But what if you lost, what if a child lost a parent? Uh, then I believe the child would sit Shiva. Okay. I'm not sure about that because it hasn't, uh, knock wood, you know, hasn't been a well, part right. of my life. There is, uh, there's just, I ask because there's something that sounds really nice about it to me. Oh, um, it is nice. It's, yeah, it's a really, really nice tradition i mean it's just sort of you're just there and people visit you and make sure you're not alone in this incredibly difficult stressful time and it feels like based on what you described that there's an acknowledgement that things don't have to be okay which i think is really powerful 
Definitely. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it's like it. you don't go right back to your regular life. I mean, you are, you know, you, you are you are keeping it. You're sitting in the abnormality for a little while, but you're also surrounding yourself with other people and surrounding yourself with with life, basically, um, to try and remind yourself that there's still a lot here and still a lot of people who care for you. The prompt is relive one memory. Do you, do I need to explain this? I guess I should explain it in case I'm trying to expand the listenership and not just have you be the only person who listens to the show, but Mm -hmm. relive Mm -hmm. one memory. The idea is there's one memory in the afterlife that you get to choose to relive however much you want, whenever you want. It's not that the rest of your memories are wiped. Mm -hmm. It's just that there's this one memory that's almost like a room that when you pop into it, you are fully re-inhabiting the physical sensations of being in that place. If you could only choose one, what would that memory be? It's... It's it's probably getting married. It's probably like my like like the moment that I married my wife. The moment, like like being like walking down, you know, walking down the uh, the aisle, and I mean, does it have to be like? Is it a short, super short memory, or can no, it be, can be whatever? I mean, yeah, it's probably like like my like my wedding, like the when I when I married my wife, or maybe it would be. Like right after, right after we got married, we got to go to this like little room where they just had like all the appetizers and they just let us be in there for like 10, 15 minutes before we had to go out and see anybody. Might just be like being in that room, like right after we got married and just having wall to wall food. Okay. I love this. So ceremony ends. Yeah. You, you're in your attire still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You walk into this room. How how decked out is it with food? Oh, I mean, it was decked out. I mean, this was this place was really really nice, and the food was was the was the best. You know, the top selling point. I don't know if you remember, but the, I know the I do remember. Was, it was good. Yeah, it was food good food. Was excellent. I mean, they had everything. I remember the like, little milkshakes. They had the little, right little milkshakes with the cookies on them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had these. Um, they had these uh, brie tarts that like the, the only way I could describe to you, like when I ate this brie tart, the first time I had it, it was like that scene at the end of Ratatouille where uh, Anton Ego <laughs> eats yeah. the food and like flashes back to like being a kid and scraping his knee and like his mother gives him the, the Ratatouille and it makes it feel like that was my experience when I bit into it. It was just like, I, I don't, I didn't have like a specific memory that I yeah, flashed yeah, back yeah. to, but it was like, Oh my God. Like it just like filled me physically. Um, so those was were it, in that there. wasn't those a room that room. we all went to after the no, wedding. Only Rachel and I went there. So did you, how much of this, it was way more food than you could have. Possibly ta- yeah. 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 No, no, no. Way, way too much. Way, way too much. Yeah. Okay. Were, was, was this also like a staging area? Like, did you have like other clothes in corners or was it kind of a pristine room? Like how did the room look? It was just like a small room. I think it may have been the room that we did the tasting in initially when we came to try like the cake and the, or not the cake, but the food. It was just like a small room, like, uh, um, you know, maybe like three or four closets, the size of like three or four, maybe a little bigger than that. 
um, it's just maybe like small studio apartment. Um, and, uh, and then like one wall was just lined with like all the appetizers and like drinks and stuff. And, and we had just gotten married, which was like, it was, you know, it's like, it's kind of like hokey, but like, it was, it was like easily like one of the best days of my life. You know, I mean, it's right up there with like, with the birth of my kids, which is why when, when, when I was answering this question, it's tough not to include I mean, you're telling me I only get one, so I don't get like the birth of my kids. Sorry, bro. Either. Yeah, no. I'm not but denying it, their yeah. existence. It's not that that's they're, true. Like, that's true. You know, they're still right, and, right, right, and they yeah, don't yeah, know right, you're right. not get. This isn't getting telegraphed yeah. to them. Yeah, right. But they listen to a lot of podcasts. Is what I'm worried. It, about. Well, let them know yeah. uh, if they well, could. If they could review, I'd really appreciate it. They review all of the ones, all the podcasts that I listen to. <laughs> so <laughs> when you're in there, did you remember? Were you guys having a conversation? Did you talk? Did you like tell me the like feeling, the like vibe? Like I can the imagine f- it, but the feeling was just like overwhelming happiness. Like we were just elated. I mean, and 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 I don't remember if there was a specific I mean, obviously we spoke to each other, but like I mostly just remember like being really happy and was it like looking at each other like this is crazy? Yeah, a little bit. I think a little bit. That was sort of like the whole, I mean, I was really, really nervous, like right before we got married and like, um, it was, so there was an element of relief of like, okay, like, we, which is like, which is funny. Cause it's like, all you do is like stand up and like repeat a few, a few, um, words. Uh, but it was, it was nerve wracking. And then it was like, there was a release and it was like, okay, now we're going to get to go and like have a big party with our friends. Um, and it was just, that would, I mean, that would definitely be a moment that like, if I could just, if that was the only one I got to do over and over again, I'd be very, very content. Were you thinking about the past or the future at all in that moment? No, really? You weren't like, no, my God, what's our life going to be together? No, not in that moment. No, I thought about it later. Um, I didn't really think about that until Sunday, if I'm being honest. Like it was, I think probably Wait, when did you part get of married? The, we got married on a Saturday. Okay. Maybe like Sunday afternoon, I started thinking about it. But like part, I think part of the reason that it is like the best day and part of the reason that these big like momentous things like birth of your kids is like your best day is that it's there, they're, you're actually living in the moment. Like you're, you're not thinking about what's next you're not like oh what am i gonna do like tomorrow like you are actually just in that moment and there is nothing else that matters other than like what's just happened and the other person um and i'm i'm realizing that right now for the first time but i think that that's i think you kind of like and i hate to give you credit for a good question again because before i said it was that that was but but that what i think that that question did kind of cut to the heart of why why it was so good which is it's aggra- which is aggravating yeah i'm sorry yeah well, well okay did you guys have sex in there we did not have sex in there okay that would have been i mean that would have been completely inappropriate was because it, again like a, yeah 
Wait, why? Why would it have been inappropriate? It just wouldn't. It just it would have been. It, it, I mean, you know, they give us the space with the food. It would have been disrespectful to the staff who set up the room. I mean, there's a variety of reasons why that would have been. That that was not. That was not an appropriate thing to do in that moment. There's a time and place for everything, and that was not the time or place. For but certainly, so it, wait, it was mm-hmm. really out of respect to them. Like, certainly, they're used to people getting overwhelmed by moments and fucking mm-hmm. in different rooms of their establishment right i guess so man but that i mean that can't be that's not my issue you know what i mean that if that's what's happening there then then and they have to be used to that then i am then i'm honestly sorry um (laughs) but but it's not my it isn't my problem it's not the choice that we made in that moment it 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 did not feel like the correct moment for that and not well see that's what i'm saying i that's that's what it sounds like it is more like it sounds like it's more about the fact that this overwhelmed space was not a overwhelm that turns sexual it was no it was like just happiness just just you know so it wasn't about the policy of the the building well that 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 has to play a role right because you have to be respectful you have to be respectful you have if there you know somebody gives you a room full of food and they say have a nice time and we've made it up for you and we've and we've and we're being respectful you have to be respectful of that but in this but in this case the no that was not the the reason but it is good to be respectful it is important to be respectful kill one thing one thing in culture or everyday life that you wish would just disappear completely um I'll stop the world and melt with you. The song? Yeah. What wh- why? It's just it's like it seems like I don't listen to the radio that much anymore but like when I did it just seemed like radio station like every radio station like when they hit a lull they would just play that song. It's not a good song and they just play it like all the time. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? I, th- that song was like on the radio like all the time. Yeah, I remember that song because it was on like a like an emo punk like comp that I heard. It was like a covers compilation and they did yeah. that. And so I associate that really closely with Take On Me. I like Take On Me. Really? Because they feel like almost the same song to me. And I don't to me. I actually think I like Melt With You more than <sighs> Really? There's just well, there's like a handful of songs that I, that like I think I mean this this you asked me for like one part of culture, but there are a handful of songs of that I think should be permanently retired and just net. We should just hang them in the rafters and be like, that song had a great run, but no one is going to hear it again. And it's done. Like what's the, what's the unifying factor of these songs? Just repetition. They've just been played to death. And like culturally there's no more, we don't have a place for them anymore. We don't need, we have outgrown them as a culture. And yet people are still clinging to them. Like um, don't stop believing. I know, but here's the thing. Have you seen those two brothers who post their like reaction videos to songs? Did they? They do that are song? great. I don't know if they've done that song, but it's like I think about this, especially growing older. And we, you know, we talked about this when everyone was like discovering Catherine O'Hara that she was the mom from Home right, Alone, from and you're Home like, Alone, yeah. That's like saying you just learned the mom from Home Alone is the mom from Home Alone. Like, what the fuck right. are you talking about? You know, right, right, right. But it is crazy when you're like, oh, at some point, a human beings who are newer than me have to discover the Beatles. You know, and like that is a pretty sick 
experience that they get to have. You know, I don't want to cancel the Beatles. I, I mean, I, I don't want to kill the Beatles. I love the Beatles. Sure, but they've been pretty played out, and some of the, yeah, but don't they're, stop. But they're good. But do you remember the first time you heard "Don't Stop Believing"? I do, and you weren't you weren't a fan. It's just like this is not this isn't that good. Why does everyone like this so much? I think it's not "Don't Stop Believing" for me. It's uh, "Any Way You Want It." That's the Journey song that really liked. awful. That one's oh. really bad too. <laughs> I awful. love that dude, one, dude. Most of dude, most of Bon Jovi. That's most not of Bon Jovi, Jovi. though. I know, That's but journey. I'm t- I'm saying I'm telling mm-hmm. you also most of Bon Jovi should be retired. It's my life should be retired. Living on um, a prayer, yeah, I agree. Living on a prayer should be retired. Uh, what's the other Journey song? Um, when the lights go out in the city, whatever that one is, that one should be retired. Like they yeah. should just like they don't. We don't need to watch Twins as the new trend. Listening to those songs for the first time, like they're not good songs. Like we should keep the good songs. Look, and I understand that. Like I'm I'm being a little like you know, Oh, it's subjective, but like, it's not that subjective. Like if you played, it's not, if well, you played, I'm, I'm saying with you. Yeah. Then the, the, the objectivity of it gets lost. If you can't name a threshold of plays, if you can't say, Oh, once it's been played 200,000 times, it's gotta be, maybe it's individually. What if it's like for individuals, once you've heard, don't stop believing 36 times, you literally can't hear it in the world anymore and people yeah. younger people or people newer to it can play it you just can't hear it and maybe you hear a different song or maybe you're just hearing ambient noise instead but it's like that could be interesting yeah i would like that yeah that i mean that that makes sense to me um i think maybe who sings i melt with you modern english yeah modern english did right. they did they ever have another hit I don't know. I have no idea. Right. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's part of it too, is like if you only had one hit and the song has received over like 500,000 radio plays, then you have to hang it up. I mean, that doesn't disqualify Journey. Um, but that's really Journey tough too, because then we're like, we're we're increasing the haves and the have-nots. We're saying people with longevity, with lots of hits, get to, yeah. get to we're increasing right. the, the, the play disparity between those those richer artists and like i mean you and me are not the guys to hate on modern english you know what i'm saying we could only we should only be so lucky as to have our our version of melt with you yeah i don't hate modern english like as people i don't even i don't know them and like i like (laughs) i think it's great that they had a hit but i do think i do think that the song needs to be retired so i guess I guess if I had like if we're if I have to be like really strict and specific, it like that might it might just have to be that song. Or I mean, I like what you said about the um, uh, you know, if you've heard it a certain number of times, it becomes like you can't hear it anymore. Like you just can't physically hear it anymore. That might make more sense if that's a possibility. Yeah, it would be tough because if you're in a big public place, like if the song is like Sweet Caroline, which I also think should be retired, and you're right, and yeah. and what do you what do you do? What happens in your ears when you see a sta- a baseball stadium full of people going bah, 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 you know? I mean, so then maybe we do have to be more strict. I mean, maybe we do have to say that like once a song hits a number of, I mean, not, that's not to say that like you can't like go and like listen to it on your own time, but like maybe there's a fine for playing it in public, like that it's like, I'm sorry, but you, this song has received X number of radio plays. It's too many. You're welcome to listen to it on your own time, but we can't subject the public to this anymore. 
We can defund the police except for handing out citations for listening to Melt With You. Well, the police wouldn't do it. You would have a you'd have a private force. I wouldn't I wouldn't trust the police with that. You would have a specific force whose job it is is just to like cite people, like cite radio stations, yeah, who are playing "I Melt with You" or uh, any of those Journey Bon Jovi songs. Journey and Bon Jovi are the same band. Like, I I do agree with bands? that. I, I I do agree with that. We don't need to like that. Would be a legit rule you could make. It's like Journey and Bon Jovi. You are now you're just one band now. Well, what does that gonna, what does that mean we cut their songs out or they, or when they go on they tour they can't continue to like put out individual music like if you guys if bon jovi wants to make a new song okay that's a journey song too and journey's got to be in the studio and they've got to put in the time with bon jovi because and that way that cuts down on the amount of output that they have uh into popular culture what if maybe just the one band whichever one is not recording the song has to wear like concrete blocks for a year or something like that and they they I love it <laughs> i love yeah i love that that's like sorry you weren't you didn't i don't understand exactly how that works but i'd love i love it yeah <laughs> i don't like i don't understand how that's a fitting like you've been very logical up to this point and like well we have to figure out like, have we, but i don't have get really logical I think so. You've kind of like tethered me a little bit. Like, well, you need to have more specific. You can't just get rid of the songs you want to get rid of. It's like, okay, I get it. Let's put it down to reality. But just putting them in cement blocks, I don't, I mean, I, that that seems, but I love it. I do Well, like it keeps it them both from from moving throughout the world, you know? Or or at least like if one, you're like, oh, Journey must be touring because uh, John Bon Jovi's walking around in cement handcuffs, you know? He's got to be with them though. He can't, he can't legally not be, he, they're the same band. So if they go on, to, they can't, it can't be, it, it's, yeah, no, you're right. You're going to need cement. But fu- fu- functionally, yeah. it's the same. Yeah. It's, it's like if no, they're right. not doing anything. Might as well yeah. throw them in cement, you know? Yeah, I think actually you you won me over with this. I mean, you won me over with it immediately. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> so we've agreed on uh, cancel the Beatles, cancel no. Modern English, yes. and uh, put John Bon Jovi in cement. Yeah, well, two of the two of the three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Three out was of was that three. a good was that a good answer for is that the for aspect of oh that's good. Do I need to be giving like good an- that oh that's actually really good. I probably should do that in certain interviews. Be like that's a really good answer. Well, just tell or just be like you know what that wasn't as that I'm disappointed by that answer. <laughs> I think you're kind of the only person that I could do that with without making the subject shut down entirely. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So hey. you were a little dis- disappointed by the answer. No, it was really good. I really liked it. <laughs> That's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Find Daniel, find me at those links in the show notes. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr to find more shows, longer shows, more bonus content. Tell people you know who like the show. Tell your friends. Send them a message right now if there's someone you can think of. And I will talk to you next week. Impossible you can do miracles. Miracles. You can do them. Have faith. You are human. 